Welcome to the Two Are Gathered Catholic Podcast with Father Rob Kroll and me, Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how are you doing today? Jim, I am doing better than I deserve, that's for sure. And uh, we're, we're well into this 30-day spiritual exercises retreat that I'm, uh, I've got four people that I'm guiding through this month-long silent retreat at Mundelein Seminary in northern Illinois, just north of Chicago. And um, it's going well. It's going well. They're, they're into it and really open to God's grace. And it's awesome to see how God is working uh, in their lives in this retreat. 30 days is daunting. Yeah, I mean, it can be daunting. I, I've done it twice myself as a Jesuit. We all make this retreat at least twice in our life. And um, yeah, I mean, um, it sounds daunting. I think well, once you're into it, it's, uh, you know, it takes on a life of its own. And, and uh, But there, there are times when it can, it can seem like a, like a long time. And uh, Ignatius, St. Ignatius built into the retreat two days that he calls repose days where you kind of come up for air. You can actually talk with some other retreatants. You can go out to dinner. You can go to a museum or do something like that. So, you, you know, they're, they're not a break from the retreat exactly, but they are two days in the course of the month where you're, you're kind of uh, relaxing a little bit more because he realizes it is, I mean, they call it the spiritual exercises for a reason. It's a spiritual workout. And um, so, yep, it, 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 it's something you gotta, you gotta be ready, ready for, and uh, you need a good guide to walk you through it. So. so let me get this straight. And they got you. So, you know, hopefully. I hope so. Hey, I'm sure you're doing a good job. Oh, um, but St. Ignatius himself, Put together this uh, this thirty day retreat. Well, he did it for over the course of like nine months in a cave in Manresa, Spain, when he was undergoing some mystical experiences. So he, um, yes, he put together this retreat kind of over the course of a number of months, and and you know over time he kind of tweaked it and edited it. It's mostly scripture, to be honest. It's mostly scriptural. Uh, text that he arranged according to four different themes, but then he did compose some key meditations himself that are included in the retreat. Wow. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's That's impressive. It's really a gift to the church. Yeah, it is. It's like uh, going in for Jedi training and taking a hundred day <laughs> course created by Yoda. Well, that's not a bad analogy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's why I used it. All right. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> so this, uh, we're doing a different means of recording our podcast. We did this last week, too, and it turned out okay. Yeah, it seemed to. I listened to it myself uh, driving from this retreat house to Milwaukee uh, the other day, and uh, it came through on my car radio really well. So, yeah, we're using my, we're using my phone, and, uh, and it's a Podbean um, app. So hopefully it'll work out again this week. Any aspiring uh, podcasters out there, this mm-hmm. Podbean thing is working out pretty well for us. We're mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're feeling pretty good about Podbean. We are. So what are we talking about today, Father? Well, Jim, you know, I'm aware that uh, just yesterday um, there was a big uh, sporting news event when Italy defeated England in the uh, 2021 Euro final. And also, in my book, this is even more important, uh, yesterday, um, uh, Mr. Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, uh, won his uh, 
20th Grand Slam tennis event when he won Wimbledon. He defeated a first-time finalist named Berrettini, and also an Italian. So he lost, but the Italians beat England in the soccer. But anyway, that made me think that, um, you know, a lot of us uh, enjoy sports, even if we're not great athletes ourselves. We enjoy watching sports. Summertime is a time when we go to ball games. And right now my Milwaukee Bucks are also playing in the NBA Finals. Um, So I thought it might be nice if we reflected from a Catholic perspective on the reality of sports and athletics, because um, you and I have both played sports growing up. And as adults, we still enjoy um, playing some sports. And I've had the opportunity to coach tennis over the years. And so I've also approached it from the angle of a coach. And I think that um, there's a lot of valuable human lessons, but also spiritual lessons that we can gain from either playing or coaching sports. So we thought we'd do a podcast on that topic. And I'm open to it. Let's uh, let's take a deeper dive into this topic. I don't know how much I'm going to have to share, Father, but... uh, I did some I did some high school sports, but I've not been uh, you know that active uh, since then. But, well, uh, even so, I think uh, you know many of us probably played um, like little league as a kid, or maybe we did play, compete on a high school team. And even if it's been some time since that, you know, we we can all kind of reflect back on on some of the ways in which maybe that um, experience, especially if it was a team sport, like I think you had mentioned you had played some football and I played um, some uh, baseball growing up. Um, My main tennis sport in high school was actually doubles. So I had to deal with a partner as opposed to just playing singles and being out there on my own. But, you know, even if you're a singles tennis player, you're still part of a team. And um, so I think, you know, it can be helpful to think about some of the ways that we were uh, shaped by that experience of sports, Um, just having to deal with, you know, teammates and and having to um, deal with a coach's attitude, whether it was positive or negative, the experience of winning and losing, you know, and just sort of sometimes losses, might have taught us something very important. Um, and, you know, St. Paul actually in, in one of his letters talks about, he uses kind of a, an athletic an- analogy when talking about the spiritual life and, you know, says that we're, we're all competing in this contest for Christ and we're, not, we're trying to win not a, uh, a perishable crown of leaves because in his day, um, you know, the some of the athletes, like, well, yeah, at the Olympics they would have received like a, uh, just a, a wreath of some kind that they right. put on their head. You know, he's saying we're, we're competing for an imperishable uh, crown, of course, the, the crown of, uh, of our heavenly life. And, and, and that, you know, just as every, he says, just as every um, athlete exercises discipline um, to, to compete in sports, likewise, you know, as a Christian, we too have to uh, be disciplined uh, competitors, as it were. So, you know, I think there there are some analogies between um, sports and the spiritual life, and some of the values, uh, some of the things that are necessary. Um, you know, if we could just maybe maybe we'll just start with with that one. You know, that whole idea of discipline. You know, when I think about what a, what an Olympic athlete, for example, we got we got the uh, 
Tokyo Olympics coming up soon. And right. you think about the, the years of dedicated uh, discipline training that goes in for competing uh, for a gold medal. I mean, all the sacrifices, um, you know, diet, um, all the hours of sweat uh, in the training room, in the gym, on the court. Um, and so an athlete denies him or himself or herself a lot in order to get into top shape. And, you know, so as as a Christian, you know, we too need to live a disciplined life. I mean, we're investing a lot of time and energy in certain practices that the world might consider rather ridiculous, but we carve out time for prayer. We make time to go to church and receive the sacraments. Um, we do a certain, uh, you know, and we can overdo this where we can approach it with the wrong attitude, but in, in, a, in a good Christian life, we generally have some form of mortification um, or ascetical practices where we deny ourselves maybe some food from time to time when we fast or, um, you know, we cut out certain I don't know, like maybe we let go of certain things during Lent, like, you know, social media or certain things that are not bad in themselves, but maybe are, are um, you know, little sacrifices that we're going to feel the pinch of that. Just to remind ourselves that, um, you know, ultimately God is our prize and that's who's got to be number one in our life. Uh, especially in a culture, you know, in which we live in the West, which is pretty, you know, it's pretty self-indulgent and, uh you know, we're not we're not really encouraged to uh, discipline ourselves in general in in the Western culture that we live in. So having to do that as a Christian uh, can be a challenge. But uh, that whole element of discipline, I think, is one area that there's a good overlap. Um, so you you would like us to be uh, spiritually athletic? Yeah, kind of spiritual ninjas. You know, kind of. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, like uh, I people. Right. <laughs> right, right, yeah. exactly. Well, I wear I wear black a lot, so you know that's also that's kind true, of a you do. ninja thing. It looks uh, black looks good, and you do, Father. You well, wear thank it well. you, thank you, appreciate that. And we're, we've all been wearing masks until recently, and ninjas wear masks, so there's a lot more analogies than I, or a lot more similarities than I realized. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's let's not pursue that one anymore. Um, no, but uh, yeah, wouldn't you agree that that kind of whole area of discipline is maybe one? That uh, you know, I would agree on that. I think, but my uh, discipline as far as uh, athleticism is is poor, and I hope that my <laughs> discipline is uh, slightly better at uh, my faith. Well, yeah, I mean, if you, if you had to, you know, be better at one, that would be the one to be to pursue. But, I mean, what, as you're talking about it and about um, you know playing and 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 playing with others and fair play and all this stuff, one of the um, one of the things that when I was um, corporate, mm-hmm. um, people would get assessed and, and you'd get warned before going out. Um, you're going to do a lot of golfing and people oh. are going to, you don't have to be good. You just, you can't cheat. Right. If, if, if you're a cheater on the golf course, nobody's going to do business with you. Right. It's like, you know what? That actually really works. Yeah. There are people I've played golf with, and I'm like, there is no chance I'm going to do business with you. Right. It ain't happening. <laughs> Just no trust there, yeah. Your six putt is now a two putt? No. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. We, we, we've just ended our business relationship. Well, so you're, what you're highlighting now is, is you know, the fact that both 
Well, that sports basically can help develop some really key virtues, you know, human virtues, but also spiritual virtues. So, you know, the virtue of honesty, right? That when, especially when you don't have a referee, you know, when, when, when I'm out there, when I was out there in high school competing in uh, junior tennis tournaments, I mean, there wasn't, unlike Wimbledon, where you have this whole crew of referees on the court and a machine that will allow you to challenge and see a replay. You know, when you're playing uh, tennis out there, you, you know, you're, you got to be honest and you can't be cheating by calling your opponent's ball out when it's in or whatever. So, you know, just the whole element of honesty and fair play is, is a huge, uh, spiritual, you know, moral virtue that we need to grow in. Um, you know, something like, you know, selflessness as a team player. I mean, you gotta be willing, even if you're the star basketball player, you gotta be willing to, at, at the right moment to pass the ball to somebody else and to maybe take a back seat so somebody else can, shine. And, and so if your ego is too big, uh, it's probably going to get in the way of team of a team sport. So having to be somewhat humble and, um, and cooperative. And so, I mean, we could go on and on, you know, we could multiply the examples of just how sports really does foster, uh, certain virtues. Um, you know, nobody wins a hundred percent of the time. And so, um, I think about this Berentini Italian player player. Now it was great that he got to his first Wimbledon final. Um, and, uh, but he lost and obviously there was disappointment there. So how do you deal with, uh, or how does England today now deal with, with the disappointing loss to Italy? Um, I heard, I, I didn't really read much about this, but I saw that there was some racist comments, I think, uh, after this soccer game yesterday, there were some racial comments. So how do you deal with adversity? Directed you know? towards the Italians um, or directed towards I the Eng English? I, th I think it might have been um, because they lost, there might have been some English fans that or somehow they attacked some, um, there were on the Italian team, there were some African players or something like that. So I think it had to do with, with the color of their skin. I, I didn't really, I should have read it more before our podcast, but I just saw the headlines. It kind of made headlines in all the major papers. That, that there is something. all we need for this podcast, Father. Yeah, right, just right. Just draw out some headlines and our listeners can figure out. The there right. you go. They're, they're smart enough. They'll figure it out. They, they, pack, they, know all, they probably know all about this already. But. See, and I don't follow. I mean, like, soccer is the most boring sport in the world. Yeah, I have to. I know. We're probably going to anger a lot of people. But I kind of feel. I didn't grow up. You know, you and I grew up at a time when soccer wasn't big yet. So we were playing Little League Baseball. So you did? No, they tried to make oh. it big. Like, like soccer was first introduced oh, okay. into the school systems when you and I were growing up. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I can remember in high school, like Mark and I had a team, but yeah. I just, but I mean, in the in like as a as a grade school kid, for example, I don't remember it really being much of a of a prominent sport. Whereas now, no, there wasn't like a U.S. league at that time yeah. where you could go and watch your team go. But yeah. man, they were just all over trying to get kids into soccer. Oh, okay, yeah. From now lacrosse is big on. now. My my nieces and nephews played lacrosse a lot, and I, I enjoy watching that more than soccer. But anyway, be that as it may, um, well, you know, the main thing is how do you deal with you know when you lose? How do you deal with that? And and. Uh, and so we all, you know, again, when in the spiritual life, we have failures, we sin, we, we are, are imperfect people. So how do we deal with that uh, reality uh, when we have setbacks in life? Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of just a lot of things that we can learn through sports. Now, of course, we can also make an idol out of sports and we can put way too much 
emphasis on sports, either by, you know, the way we play them or the way that we watch them. I mean, how many people do we know who maybe binge watch um, football all weekend or something like that? So you can overdo it. But actually, somebody like Thomas, St. Thomas Aquinas and other saints would reflect on the fact that one of the great advantages of games and sports is that it, it helps us to take a break from work, you know, that we can make an idol out of work. And so by engaging, by having like Sunday as a day of rest, the Sabbath, and then, you know, just enjoying leisure activities and sports and stuff, it just helps remind us that, you know, our, our life shouldn't just be about work. You know, it's important to build in some play and recreation. Mm-hmm. I think heaven's going to be a lot more about, heaven's going to be a lot more like play than it is work, you know? So that's the other thing is there's, there's a joy that comes from playing sports and games. You know, we just find it uh, enjoyable and that's, we're kind of built to enjoy, you know, fun and, and games. So, so if I'm bad at sports, <laughs> heaven probably isn't going to be that cool. No, in heaven, Jim, you're going to hit just home run after home run, and you're going to throw the perfect spiral pass to touchdown for a touchdown. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. All your dreams will be, all your sporting dreams will be fulfilled. So, well, all right. So, um, <laughs> so you're saying that we can take uh, the lessons that we learn from sports and apply them to our own faith. Yeah, I mean, I think losing and and, uh, mm -hmm. training. Right, right. And, you know, one of the things that sports teaches us or athletics can teach us is is how important it is that we are um, social by nature, that we're, you know, just like if I can throw out the word anthropology, kind of what's our human nature. We're not made to live alone. We're not made to live in isolation. We're made to be in community. And, And one of the things that sports can do for us is, you know, we, we experience the joy of being with others in community. And by that, it's not just our teammates, but also that larger community that consists of coaches and parents and stuff like that. And so, you know, just in the same way, in our walk with Christ, we're not just out there walking alone. It's not just me and Jesus, but I belong to this body of Christ. I belong to the church. And so it's important that we you know, journey together and support each other on this, on this uh, path. So I think Mm -hmm. there's another, another way in which the two kind of come together is just highlighting um, how, how God made us as social beings and not as just um, isolated individuals. So. So do you, do you find that connection stronger when you're coaching or when you're playing? Um, let's see. That's a good question. I would say, yeah, all your questions are good. Um, I would say probably, um, well, the, the, the nice thing about, like when I coached high school tennis at both Market High School in Milwaukee and Creighton Prep in Omaha is, uh, you know, you, you have a solicitude or a concern for the whole team. You're all, you know, you're moving around from court to court and you're trying to, you know, give advice to this guy and trying to console this team that just lost and trying to, um, you know, just kind of help the whole team stay cohesive. So maybe as a coach, there's a little more of that uh, element. Um, Although I I can say too, as a player, I mean, I can remember um, 
you know, we had some good teams in high school that were competing on the state level. And, and, and when the whole team is there kind of rooting on a player or a doubles team, that there's also a real energy and a real sense of camaraderie that um, develops. So that, uh, that was pretty cool too. So I'm not sure exactly how I'd compare, but I think both have the capacity to highlight that, um, that social dimension uh, well. Uh, well, let's personalize this just a little bit, Father. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's make this a little bit more mm-hmm. just to give people a stronger sense um, because Father Rob and I have, have not just been spiritual director and spiritual directee we haven't just been uh, hosting podcasts <laughs> together um, but at one point I mean we'd go to ball games we've gone to ball games before mm-hmm. he moved when, he's, when he'd come home we'd go to ball games Yeah. but at one point when I was a member at a particular uh, <laughs> gym Mm-hmm. That had racquetball courts. Yeah, I was like, Father, why don't you come? You're a tennis player. You can come out and play <laughs> racquetball with me. Father, who had never played racquetball before. That's not true. I had played a lot before I played you. Actually, I, I, you, I thought I had to give you a racket. Well, yeah, I didn't own a racket, but I, I had played <laughs> like in, in the in the novitiate, the Jesuit novitiate. I I played quite regularly, actually. And they just so. gave you, they just gave you rackets. Oh uh, no, I think I might have owned one of that time. Maybe I smashed it against somebody's head, and then I I had I don't remember what happened to it. Yeah, but. that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I know where you're going with this story. Well, there's only one way to go with this story, Tyler. It's, it's, it's off the train wreck, off the bridge. So we're playing. Father and I are playing. And uh, I would play racquetball a couple times a week. And uh, I had some friends that I'd play with. And and Jen, uh, my now wife, uh, she and I would play and um, just have some fun. You know, mm-hmm. knock the ball around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Father Rob gets on the court. Puts on his glasses. He gets this unbelievably scary look on his face. <laughs> oh, now there's slight. Ex- I should, I feel like I need to add a little asterisk here. This is a slight this, exaggeration. This, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. I was there. All right. Yeah, our listeners know you. So go ahead, keep going. <laughs> so we start playing, and uh, first game I think uh, was fifteen to nothing. <laughs> I, I don't recall. Uh, the, Rob. the second well, you game, didn't, he you didn't want me to like play. Have what do they call it? You know, have mercy. I mean, you wanted me to play. No, no know. reason for us to enjoy the game. It just <laughs> let's. <there's, laughs> the second I, I think game, I had fun. I think I had fun. The, the second game <laughs> was uh, fifteen to two, in which I think he was, you know. Lightening up on me a little bit to make me feel like I want to have a third game. (laughs) (laughs) And then the third game, uh, I believe, was uh, 15 to 1. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you did better than most of my opponents. No, I'm only kidding. (laughs) So, and then uh, we get done. Um, I've been running all over the court. Uh, Father (laughs) Rob is just, you know. Standing there like uh, he just wasted an hour of his time, and we go out, and I'm like, "Hey, father, let me uh, let me let me get you a smoothie. I like to get a smoothie after working out." To which your response was, "I don't, I don't remember. Is that what you call that?" <laughs> oh well. So, so let's apply. <laughs> 
<laughs> athletics and Christianity and Catholicism <laughs> to this particular uh, example. Well, well life, life and Christianity are a battle. <laughs> There's no room for mercy in either. No, I'm only kidding. Um, yeah, I, I might have been a little bit. I might have been a little bit uh, rough on you that day, but. But Just I, uh, anybody who's listening who's in <laughs> seminary with Father Rob, <laughs> just let me give you a heads up. If there's a racquetball court around there Stay and, and he the plays you and he takes right, you down right. and gives you a spanking, um, here's, here's what I would suggest. Um, <laughs> wait until he needs help with his computer. <laughs> which is Which is which often. Is often. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh my! And then you feel free to turn the tables around as much as you want. <laughs> now I am a lot older, Jim, so I'm I'm not as as swift and. Uh, yeah, it was a while ago. It was a while ago, but you'd still kick my butt. But we had fun, didn't we? I mean, really deep down, one of us had fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must have been you because I was bored out of my mind. I remember that. No, I'm only kidding. Only kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, you're right. We gotta be, we have to be kind to one another on, on the court too. So mea culpa, mea culpa. No, I'm not the, I think I survived it fairly you well. Did. You did, you did. There's only a few sessions of therapy that I needed to go to after that, but, uh, well, no, yeah, you, you, my butt. the next time you played your normal, uh, competitors, you were just, you were a killer. I, I helped you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I when I played when I played my future wife, like <laughs> smashing it into corners and pushing her into walls, and right. that was that right. was fantastic. You know, it's no, cool, that was a fascinating. That was fascinating to see that side of you, Father, because oh, you are you were normally very sedate, and you're you're you're. I would consider you to be a, a fairly gentle man. Uh huh. Yeah. And you well, put a rag in your hand. Uh, and that goes out the window. That's right. That's right. Become that ninja. Um, you know, I think it's kind of cool that um, when you think about it, how how much success Catholic schools have had, like like in the uh, NCAA, and I mean, just the fact that um, I think for a lot of Catholic schools, you know, sports programs are very important. My freshman year uh, at Georgetown, we won the national title in basketball with Patrick Ewing. And, um, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that Catholic high schools and colleges and universities tend to also be places where athletics are taken seriously. Because I think part of what we're saying is that there's a there's a real educational um, and formational aspect to sports that, you know, very much dovetails with the, the desire for spiritual growth and development, too. So, um, you know, there's some maybe some other religions where. The body is seen. Well, that's another thing we haven't really highlighted yet is, you know, for, for Catholicism being an incarnational religion, you know, we consider the body to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's something right. that is a very important part of our, of our again, our anthropology, our human nature. So we're not dualists. We're not people that think that only the soul matters and the body is kind of evil or secondary. You know, we, we believe that 
we have God living within us and we eat the body of Christ and that this body is going to be raised. Even if at death, our soul separates from the body, that that's an unnatural situation. And, and at the final resurrection, we're going to have a glorified body like Jesus. So we take the body uh, very seriously. And, and sports is one of the ways in which we keep the body uh, toned and healthy and trained. And um, so I think that's a whole nother reason why, uh, Catholics value sports. You know, one of the things that um, didn't ever cross my mind until my men's group, um, there's a a gentleman in our group named Ryan who is just a a monster of a man. He's Uh huge. Uh Um, And he's he's not huge, like like me huge. He's (laughs) like... He's like, like, like how two percent. Yes, he's not like two percent body fat. Okay, and he and he goes off and he does these um, massive like. Um, he there was a a Murph event where you just go and you lift giant things with other people and Ooh. run through mud and mm-hmm. and then you do push ups in the water and oh my gosh, you know carry uh, carry rafts and and it's just I mean it's just. I, I will like, not be competing in that anytime it, soon. Every time he talks about it, he does like three or four of these events every year. And it's probably more. I only hear about three or four of these events. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a really good guy and he's, he really loves these events. And he will talk about how um, he can reach a point during these events that it almost becomes a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Like exceeding yourself going to the, the extremes of your abilities yeah. um, physically can almost become like a spiritual event. And, uh-huh. and, and I think that there's a strong connect. I think that there is a connection between the two. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I haven't heard about those particular events, but I have, as you're saying that it's totally uh, triggering for me, um, friends of mine who have run marathons or, or who in general are just like big joggers and, they, they'll say the same thing, that after, like, when running a marathon, when they hit a certain mile, um, it's like they almost don't feel their body anymore, and it becomes a very spiritual experience as well. You know, and, and I think back on, um, like, my history with uh, working with youth, and we would do, um, we would involve, um, you know, sports in a lot of what I was doing with, uh, with the kids, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, we, we had a softball team and we'd play against other church softball teams. Um, we would, because uh, um, I was really, I was trying to figure out what my whole connection was going to be to this topic. Um, and it's just kind of hitting me right now. We, um, we did the uh, winter Olympics at, at Christmas break every year. Uh-huh. And we'd have some just ridiculous, and it would be some athletic and some non-athletic things so that we could get everybody involved. Um, but there'd be like boot hockey and, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which usually ended up with a concussion and me going to the hospital with some kid. Mm-hmm. So maybe not the best of choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we would also do, um, uh, we would also do a ski trip every year. We'd, I'd take the kids... Um, to Montana or to Colorado mm-hmm. or someplace. And then we'd ski during the day and then 
talk about Jesus at night. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the the two things worked out really, really well together. Yeah, that's cool. No, there's there is something about, uh, yeah, that that athletic competing or just even if it's not super competitive, but just you know having the experience of. You know, being on a uh, being on a team, having some fun with some sports, and then being able to kind of talk more about um, one's life in Christ. I mean, that's I think that's very common when you think about um, like vacation Bible school stuff too. Or a high school classmate of mine who I'm still good friends with, and he and his wife have two kids, and their oldest kid, Michael, had some developmental disabilities, and uh, he's competed in Special Olympics. And that's a whole, you know, a, a whole realm that I think we're all familiar with that. And, you know, it's very touching when you can see how um, they've organized these Olympic events for kids that, you know, because of their um, challenges wouldn't normally be able to compete maybe, but they have a special organization devoted just to caring for them and to helping them to enjoy the fun and the beauty of, of athletic competition or you think about para, uh, the Paralympics too. So people that have more of a physical disability, and I know at, at Wimbledon they actually have a um, like a wheelchair wheelchair tennis category as well. And so it's cool when when we can see that you know we don't leave behind people that maybe have certain you know handicaps or deficiencies in life, but we can extend this whole reality to them too and make adaptations for them. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, I did, you know, one thing too, and, and you and I were, uh, you know, in the stuff that we were reading and preparing for the podcast, I, 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 knew, I have a Jesuit friend of mine, Father Pat Kelly, that I studied theology with, and I knew that he had written some books on this whole topic of Catholicism and sports. But in, when I was revisiting in the last few days, um, this topic, I, I had no idea that just, uh, like three years ago, basically in June of 2018, the Vatican um, actually published a document um, on this whole topic of uh, sports, you know, and um, the Pope, uh, you know, has a lot to say himself about this topic in this document. It's called um, Giving the Best of Yourself, a document on the Christian perspective on sport and the human person. It came out um, on June 1st of 2018, and my friend, Father Pat Kelly was one of the people who was like uh, um, present during the news conference when this document was released. I think it's only about 50 pages, which compared to many, you know, Vatican documents is pretty short. Right. So, I mean, it's something a, that a if, bathroom read. <laughs> exactly. So if people were interested, um, they could certainly, it's very accessible. And, and it's interesting too, that it was published by uh, this dicastery, they call it, or the, you know, I call it the office for laity, family and life out of the Vatican. So it, it was published, it was written and published by kind of the branch of the Vatican that deals with, with lay, with lay life and family life, because obviously again, sports and athletics is something that, you know, involves a lot of, a lot of, it's mostly lay people and, and families. It's a way in which families, can really find joy um, with each other. So I know that we can sometimes get, uh, you know, it can be it can be abused, or you or you have negative examples, you know, of like the parent who just goes totally berserk when little Johnny or little Susie, you know, lose their match or something, and and that can get you know very discouraging and very ugly. But I think for most families, uh, sports is a way to really 
celebrate life and to uh, enjoy, you know, one another. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if I have anything else to say, which is unusual for That's me. That's very unusual. Yes. This, this is a, we're gonna we're gonna you know uh, put hmm. a pin in this moment. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. No. I, well, I, I was very intrigued when you when you threw out this topic, and uh, I I didn't know what we were going to do with it, but I think uh, um, you handled it very very well. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate that, and I appreciate much your better time. than how you handled our ragaball game. Ah, well, <laughs> I've I've grown. See, there's always hope. I can grow and change. I don't feel nearly as pummeled. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes well lesson learned All right. um yeah i think do you have anything else you think we should, we should no but about? let's uh let's throw out uh Our her, the th stuff that we like stuff that we like yeah well yeah we, we we were saying i was saying right before the podcast that today um a seminarian that i know who is named Alex Becker. He is beginning um, a bike ride to raise money for pro-life causes. And it's an organization called Biking for Babies. And I'm so glad that his last name is Becker because it creates wonderful alliteration. Becker, Biking for Babies. Thank and, God he uh, wasn't named Johnson. <laughs> Because we'd never be talking about them. No, no, that would not work. Right. We'd have to find some other organization. But um, anyway, but I just wanted, I wanted to encourage people. It, it, the bike ride begins today, and I think it's like 500 miles. It's going to conclude sometime on Thursday. And he's raised a lot of money, but I'm sure is happy to welcome uh, more. And um, so if people are out there listening and would like to contribute, if you go to Biking for Babies, uh, to their website. I'm not sure how, I mean, I don't know if, if how exactly you'd get the money to uh, Alex, but it, it doesn't really doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't really matter. matter. No, it's really for, matter. it doesn't really matter. It's for the, uh, it's for the cause. <laughs> so right. it said biking for babies.com. Father mm -hmm. uh, sometimes forgets the <laughs> dot part, right? <laughs> but uh, there you go. Yeah. And um, I'm looking through the site, and it's uh, it's it's simple, it's straightforward. They're going 500 miles, okay. And all they want to do is save babies. That's it. That's you can't, it. You can't, how do you how do you argue against that one? <laughs> right, right. It's kind right? of hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am not for saving. I am for saving babies. Ooh, yeah, so I'm it. not. Uh, I'm not going to say that at all. No. Um, all right. So. Uh, what do you think, Father? We got anything? Should we uh, say some prayers? Anybody we want to pray for? Should we uh, pray for your retreatants? Sure. That would be great. I've got four individuals, a um, couple of priests and a transitional deacon. So he'll be ordained a priest next summer and then a lay woman. And um, so those four people, so there's 19 people total on, on this retreat and five of us that are directing them. So yes, uh, people's it's like prayers. double the amount of people are listening to us right now. <laughs> right. Just about, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Well, little by little. Um, yeah. Father Rob's mom. <laughs> right. One of the guys in my you're, men's you're group. Wife. 
Jen's listened to one. <laughs> and she, she got ticked when I talked about her. So uh, I think she's banned the rest she, of them. She's from banned her. them out anyway. Oh, well. All right. Lead us in prayer, Father. All right. Will do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, Jesus, our Lord and brother, Holy Spirit, our advocate and our guide, we're grateful uh, for our lives and in particular for the gift of recreation and sports and play. Uh, We ask that as we go through this life on pilgrimage, which often uh, weighs us down and, and brings hardship, we ask that we might remember that uh, we are created for joy and that we're created for heaven, which will bring great delight to body and soul. So just keep us on the right path and help us um, to do your will in all things and to give you glory. And we can say glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of us and remain with us forever. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jim. Hope you guys are having a great week and a great summer. And we will be, uh, hopefully, we'll be talking with you soon with Father Rob. If not, then we'll have some surprise guests. So take care, folks. Mm -hmm.